Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Hello, listeners. Today, I'm joined by David from 172 Model Figures. Hello, David. Hi. Hello. Hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. How are we all? Uh, I'm great. Thank you. Very pleased to meet you. Now, I sort of like discovered David in this store at the Reading Warfare Show last year and was just like browsing the store and became a sort of like within a minute converted to 172 figures after seeing a load of the hat great war in africa range which is like a, a conflict i'd been wanting to do for ages been looking for some models for it found the hat models and they pretty much blew my socks off and now i've been started painting them up and i sort of like dipped my toe into the world of 172 figures I'm a massive convert. And oh, thank you very much. I'm glad I, I'm glad I converted you. <laughs> well, I think I've, I've got to eat like quite a lot of uh, scale hats, I think, because I think even on this show a while ago, I was sort of like, uh, even maybe like a couple of years ago, I was sort of like quite disparaging about 172, sort of saying, what's the point of it? Like, who who plays it? Or is it not just one of these sort of things that's around because people played it when they were a kid back in the yeah, 60s yeah. and it's still there? Um, I think most of us uh, in 20 mil started as as a youngster, having got their first box of Airfix or the first, you know, Artillery or SE range as they were then, um, or even Atlantic, uh, the slightly smaller Atlantic figures. But the, um, yeah, you, you started off with those, and you, you, know, you was able to get any any number of German Africa Corps, or British Eighth Army, and World War One French, um, convert them. The, Airf the old Airfix range is always converted into everything other than. French line infantry uh, back in the day, so yes, it's it's the scale I've always done, in, and uh, for my sins, it's sort of, in a way, I I find it quite terrifying when you look at those sort of like hobby books are like out in the seventies of like how you do, this is how you convert your airfix kit into whatever you want, and yeah, this is how you're doing it. So like, I can't so I can't imagine like nine or ten year old me trying to start doing bits of sculpting and <laughs> no know, I, I could have had a go but i wouldn't have had any fingers left by now i don't think you know no i think it, it's sort of like when especially when you look at some of those older boxes it's sort of i find it like really stunning how complicated like and complete conversions people did oh, with kits yeah. where like even now like a lot of the figures have got like I think for a lot of hobbyists moving into them, they have a sort of the softer plastic has a an iffy reputation. I would say if you're coming at it from the more the, the styrene or like the metal, many things are yeah. it's harder to yeah, clean, it's harder it. to paint. Um, I think I think it always has that that kind of um, the element of with the paint adhere to it. And there's always loads of questions online of what's the best way to have the you know, have the paint stick to the figure for longer and not flake, not flake off. Uh, the paints these days are a lot less forgiving than the old enamels were back in the back in the formative years, um, because the, the enamels become, the actual paint was always a little bit more brittle and it would flake off fairly easily. But there's loads of methods, you know, obviously washing the figures has always been a, a prerequisite anyway, but then there's undercoats and you know, various other um, methods you can use to, to you know, modern paints with um, acrylics are just are very good um i don't have any issues with um the old bayonet now and again if it's long if it's a particularly long musket the paint flicks off 
Um, but for the most part, I, I don't have any issues at all uh, with, with painting issues. And if if it does, you know, to to daub them again with a bit of with a bit of a gunmetal or or bayonet silver um, is is no time at all. It, to be honest, I, I've had no problems with the, the ones I've been painting up. But just using, you know, Halford's grey car yeah. primer, which is you know the good primer. I, I, I would sell that matches because of us war gamers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then just yeah, just using the like normal acrylic paints. Like I, I've, I, I started out as like a kid when I first started. I think it was like the back end of the enamels. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I take my hat off to anybody who stuck with enamels for more than ten minutes. I thought this is a hobby I actually enjoy because. Yeah. Well, the thing you, I know, you always find with the enamels, you, you have to, you have to either use a penny or. A, 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 spoon lip to open the lid and um you think you're shaking it up enough but there's always a, like a, a five millimeters or seven millimeters of solid paint in the bottom and i don't think i ever got to the bottom of a, of a tin lip of, uh, of enamels before it became skin encrusted gloop um which was which is uh, another tin down another tin down to the bin but the, but the acrylics these days are you know just very good you know, yeah. from AK to Vallejo to MIG, they're all very good indeed. Oh yeah, I think I think modern paint it's just mind blowing. I think, and you, you look at even like paint from ten years ago to what you do with it today, it's like just yeah. your socks off. I know, yeah, and I look, I look, I've still got some of my old figures you know, back in the day, and I look at, I look at back, when I look at the. I mean, crumbs. I, I was quite pleased that um, then, um, and now my eyes aren't what they used to be. Yeah, but the but the painting methods have, have moved on, and the um, yeah, the, the the brushes are better, and they don't quite splay quite so quickly. And you just learn how to paint figures slightly different. So yeah, yeah, the the actual painting methods are much better as are as are the, the brushes and materials you go out there. But yeah, I think you can do sort of a, a lot more three D colouring in, can't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I think that goes through with a lot of the, the more modern miniatures as well. They have more like raised or sort of like cast detail in them. So you, you could sort of put a lot more of that. You just colour it in rather yeah. than have to sort of put that in with paint. Because so like as like as a, a, a recent convert to like the 172 stuff, like my experience previously had been either a lot of the old Airfix kits, which I remembered as a kid. Uh, or like you know maybe someone like a friend's dad had like you know the Napoleonics that sort of thing you can look at them but don't touch them because they're not toys yeah. Uh, yeah or like I think probably maybe for like an awful lot of us you know at some point for a birthday you get like a marine spitfire or something yes yeah, yeah. A, a kitten here you go and you're like putting it together with boss stick or wood glue or whatever you've got and that was sort of it and I, I'd not really seen any more of the modern kits until relatively recently and like the detail of them sort of like blows your socks off. Uh, oh, the, the detailing and the, the actual sculpting you know, for 95% of the figures are absolutely superb. I mean, and you can you can see, you know, they've, they've got moustaches, you can see the eyes, you've got, you know, they've got sideburns, you've got the details on the muskets. Um, and you can, you can, you can, you can tell by yeah, this the sculpting and the actual engineering behind producing these figures there's, there's a lot of money still invested in getting these to market um i mean every now and again you get a, get a, get a figure that looks like they're running down an alleyway sideways because of the, because of the restrictions of uh, uh, injection molding um but yeah there's 
few and far between these days. The actual quality, the range, the range of choice is immeasurable. You, you, know, you can, there's not many eras, not many um, battles. You can't suddenly find yourself having a, you know, a an army to raise for it, and it, inexpensively as well. Well, no, I think like, I, t- I would take like my like the Great War in like both like Germany, East Africa, or West Africa. Yeah, I can do pretty much everything i want the only thing i currently and i can just buy kits which require no conversion yeah the only thing i i've got to do a bit of conversion with is some of the british cavalry um i i just need to but everything else like schutztruppen like ascari all things all and they're all they're not just like oh these are 19th century ascari that i've got to sort of make do they are just perfectly as I want to be, and yeah. they cost like pence per figure. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, and the thing is, the nice thing about uh, the one to seventy-two scale or twenty millimeter figures is that they're they're inexpensive to collect uh, to raise an army. Um, and then once you've actually raised an army of well, whatever it is you're looking to do, whether it's Romans or Saxons or World War One. Once, once you've actually raised it, you can still get a decent-sized table, a decent-sized number of figures on the table um, without them looking um, too either too many or take up too much space. Um, so you, you've got the you've got the flexibility of able, able to see the figure as exactly what it is um, and what it's designed to be um, from 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 about six or seven feet away. You can you can quite clearly see a you know, a voltageur to, you know, to a French or whatever it might be. Um, but the but the good thing about it is, you know, it's the the ability to raise a number of armies in a number of eras for you know, not a great sum of money. And it's not, it's, you, know, you look at everything from £6.40 a box through to um, £12 a box of, of figures, depending on where they've come from um, and how many figures you get in a box. Um, so it's not a lot of money to... You know, averagely is between 40 and 48 figures per box um, with about six poses or seven poses per per sprue with four sprues. Um, so you're able to you're able to sort of you know, mix and match the sprues. You've got marching ones, attacking ones um, and various other you know, poses. So you can, by buying two or three boxes of the same, um, you, you can then develop your units quite inexpensively of having like a, you know, a, a battalion of marching and battalion of action um and various other uh things for sort of you know for 20 pound that you get to yeah. 150 figures yeah it, it's like a, a lot of the games that sort of like me and my my friends play and stuff that like we play down at our club a lot or i suppose what you would say are like large skirmish games like yeah. a lot of the osprey things like things like pikeman's lament men who would be kings those yeah. sorts of things where you're probably looking at maybe like 48 to maybe like 60 70 figures yeah sort of at the most and sort of like and n- what we've normally done is either played it in 28 mil or dropped it down to 10 oh, okay. and, and just like had like oh we'll just have like three times as many figures but we'll do it in 10 because yeah. so like at the end of the like the working day you don't want to be logging a couple of hundred 28 mil no. figures sort of to work with you but having now like seen them in the flesh and started building a paint with them I- i'm thinking like the 20 mil stuff it- it's just perfect for that because as it you think because like, i know when we've played like massive multiplayer games of like 
Napoleonics in 28 mil. Yeah. You've ended up with like a, you know, like a 24 foot long table, but you've still got no room to deploy all your toys yeah. on once you've got like a couple of thousand line infantry and cavalry and stuff mooching about. Just the footprint of it. Yeah, we had a, I put on a game um, at a local hotel back in October, um, an inaugural um, yearly event, and we briefed the Battle of Leipzig um, on a 32 foot long table. Um, using a, um, a whole range of um, plastic manufactured figures um, and we had close to 5,000 figures on the table and it still had plenty of room for manoeuvre um, and plenty of room to be sort of flanked or attacked in the rear um, and that was um, four, uh, three, three players aside um, with me umpiring um, over, over, over the course of a weekend but because it was so um, because it was such a large large game um, it worked really well in 20 mil. There wasn't you, know, you, you could lean over the figures, and the nice thing about them is well, a lot of the 28 mil stuff because it's hard plastic um, is a little bit unforgiving on the bayonets and a little bit unforgiving on the um, on any heavy hammer hands they have in their club. Um, um, so they're easy to move, really easy to pack, and uh, and there's no space, no, no time at all. You've gone packed away, and off you go again. But yeah, the the, the size of a battle with twenty mil does give you that grand manner look about it of a whole raft of figures on a battle table, um, and they are also unforgiving if you if your brush is a little less um, straight, um, if you if you miss a um, it's a, a stripe across a, a, um, a half a sack. You know the eye don't grow to it quite as much as it does in twenty eight mil. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's I find like as you drop down the scales, the smaller you get, the easier it is to paint. Yeah, I, I, I think. yeah. I, and like from painting like a lot of twenty eight mil stuff and quite a lot of ten mil stuff, I find like painting twenty mil stuff. It's 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 no, it's easier to paint than twenty eights, but it's it's I think it's exactly the same skill set. You know if you're yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're one of these people who paints eyes and you know highlights fingers and that sort of stuff, you can still easily do it. Oh, you can, yeah. yeah. But it's a dry brushing and a, and a bit of a wash, and it works perfectly well, doesn't it? Yeah. And well, it, yeah, back in my formative years, I'd always, I'd, I'd have a go at doing the eyes, but they always looked like they were being charged at by a bunch of lancers and we're still on his own. <laughs> <laughs> They're the kind of the fear factor of a twenty mil figure and his eyes. Um, not looking quite so white was but worked quite well on the battle table, but um, as a modelling piece, it was rubbish. Yeah. Oh, we, we have a, a regular listener and contributor, Warren, who like uh, we set what's called, what's called the Warren standard. With he paints like a lot of twenty mil World War Two stuff. Oh, okay. And like you look at his figures, and you wouldn't be surprised if they're like fifty four mil, like the detail is is sort of got yeah. in them. It's it's, it's sickening. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so a wonderful you, skill. Would you describe yourself then as an active gamer? And you oh, do you actually get time yeah. to get a lot of gaming in? Actually, I've, I've I'm playing a game at the moment, an ACW game at the moment, based on Fire and Fury in, in 20 mil. But yeah, I am. Um, for me, war gaming is is a passion. Um, it's uh, and I don't have to be you know, the winner. I don't have to be. It's the actual. It's the banter. It's the. It's the laugh. It's the. It's the. It's the unit that's holding beyond the any realms that they should have held on, or it's the unit that should have absolutely trounced the don. Um, and the laughs that you get. Um, and it's quite often that you find yourself 
needing a one and rolling a six or needing a six and rolling a one and it's the laughter that it brings and the uh, uh and the, the the lovely thing about the hobby is it's 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 got a, a great raft of very intelligent people really quick-witted people and just it, it tends to attract decent folk in our hobby um you don't you don't get many i've not yet met anybody i think oh god but this bloke is driving me up the wall i don't like him we are all just placidly nice folks who like to paint soldiers whatever scale they are in um roll some dice and anger um appreciate the disappointment of rolling the dice and anger um and have a good laugh uh, in the interim um but the one of the things i do love about the hobby is um the knowledge base that's any war games club uh, there's always the rivet counters there's always some who knows there was only 24 of those made on the eastern front and one that was nearly finished on the western front um how do you know that stuff um and i'd be able to absorb but yeah it's it's just the it's three hobbies in one you get to collect which is great you get to paint which is another part of the hobby and then you get to play with them as well i mean it's yeah it's like it just keeps on giving this hobby it really does and in and in 20 mil um for me uh, the reason i've uh, i've stuck with uh, one of 72 scales because i invested so much time in it as a, as a youngster um with the buildings and the trees and the terrain um i thought well you know, if i do any more scales any other scales um then I can't seem to um, do all of them at once. You know, I need to sort of just specify in one scale. Um, and that's one of the reasons the you know, 1 to 72 model figures um, came about is because I'd go to the shows, Salu and Miss Selwig and all these various other warfares, and I'd be scratching around trying to find um, kits. And I knew they were out there. Um, and there used to be a firm called the Harfields, who uh, was the, the go-to man at the shows. He would, he'd, he'd done all the scales, but he had a good smattering of 20 mil stuff um, he retired and i said well do you know what there's there's a gap in the market for us 20 mil boys um and that's where one century middle figures was born because um there's people out there that want the stuff um, but you can you can either buy it online um, but we like to look at our toys um and come along and sort of say well that looks good and the reason i specified just in that scale was so i can actually hold as much as you know, financially possible um, um, in that one scale uh, and, and in any number of boxes within it as well. So rather than having just you know, one or two boxes, I've got normally five or six boxes or four boxes um, of, the same, of the same set in stock. Um, it, gives, it gives people, the, 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 the website or the, the motto is, if it doesn't show, if it shows it's in stock, then it's, it's, it's in stock. That's the motto. I've been caught out a few times where people have um, ordered it on a Sunday and somebody else ordered it on Monday. And before I've taken it off the website or adjusted the quantity, someone's ordered the rest of them. Um, so it's a constant um, firefight to make sure I've got the stuff in stock. And with the war in Ukraine um, being as vicious and as long as it is, you know, that's um, this a supply chain issue as well. Um, yeah, because uh, like, I don't know if many of our listeners know, but like an awful lot of model kits were from Ukraine, weren't yeah, they? It was yeah. like a hotbed of scale modelling. It is. I think forty percent um, is is Ukrainian based, um, and then if you take out the likes of Zvedza, which was is obviously Russian, um, they're, they're going to they're, they're going to be difficult to get hold of. Um, I feel I I'd heard a rumour that the 
the as vids the fact you've been sold to a german firm reveal or somebody whatever and they reproduce it but i don't have much of that i, I don't know um but the um yeah it, it does it does impact it on on the availability um and as soon as one sort of you know goes out of circulation then it can be any number of times before any number of years rather uh, that it can come back into circulation again or somebody else buys the mold one thing i've always hoped um which is never seems to happen is that airfics who are you know in actual fact you know, the, the, the the fathers of our hobby uh, for the most part would get their act together and produce a whole brand new set of 20 mil 172 scale figures and ditch finally the japanese the africa core although the great figures <clears throat> the africa core and, and reproduce a new range of 20 mil 172 scale figures because there is this market for it but um i suppose when you're selling a locomotive for 120 quid um <laughs> it's uh, not quite the same is it well i think like i, I may be completely wrong but i think to me it, it appears like most of the airfics especially like the figures are almost sort of like legacy historical models of you know i, I would put them now from my albeit quite limited experience very much like the lower end of the modern quality market and go yeah these yeah, are- I, i'd agree i totally agree and i think the only um the only reason they they stack up um still is because of the brand behind them um and people remember uh people remember the brand and, and you know they go oh you know they, there's a grandson that's coming through uh, the ranks um and you may not have been you know a war game as such but you'd go into a, a model shop and you see you know airfix um german infantry world war Two, and you all oh, right those is a lad and you, you might buy them for your grandson um or you know your nephew or something of that nature um but yeah, they they need to be they need to be retired off. The only I think the only ones that still probably stack up are the Africa Corps, um, particularly well sculpted back in the day, um, and the F- and the Eighth Army, which are quite, quite good figures. But they yeah they do need to be um, they need to grab the ball by the horns and um, could, you know, produce some kits that are worthwhile. Yeah, I need to actually buy some of the Africa Corps because. Uh, that thing of just somebody who doesn't know anything really about models goes into a model shop, buys someone a birthday present. It was a birthday at the weekend, and my sister got me the, the Eighth Army box. So, <laughs> it's like, here, yeah, are these? It's like, thank you. Uh, yeah, but well, I've got to say, fair play to her because that's a good sister. You know, um, I know it's, it's just one of those sort of like, I also like those kind of like, where somebody just gives you like one box or something really random. It's yeah. just like it becomes really dangerous, doesn't it? Because it's like, here's this like 10 quid box, which you're now yeah. just not going to keep on its own. You're going to have to like expand out into something. So you're going to have to like, oh, you're going to have to get like a couple more boxes for this and then like the three or four boxes for something else to play against it. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah it's, it's a flyer to, to that blue light, as I call it. Yeah. And, uh, once, once, yeah, I, one of the worst things about me sort of um, doing one to 72 model figures is that I'll, I'll have a new range of figures come in and go, oh, they're quite nice, aren't they? Um, and I, I, I like to look, I, I like to look at them and, and study the figures. So there's something to ask about, but at least I've got some I can impart, so, you know, an, imp- an impartial view. But it, the danger of that, of course, is you look at the figures, you go, oh, I haven't got any of those, um, or oh, I wonder if I could use those for such and such. And before you know it, I have to be particularly robust with myself, even more robust than the wife could be, um, to say. Uh, you know, don't you know, you don't have those, don't have these, but 
they're they're for customers. But um, but the range of figures out there um, to be able to do something like that with is is immense. And I don't know if you know. Do you know the website, the Plastic Soldier Review? Sorry. Yes, I was, I was just about to move on to that, which is something which is, a, a, again, a recent discovery to me is I think possibly like the 20 mil community yeah. might be like the most detailed and helpful of any scale community. Because, yeah, the plastic. Plastic soldier review. Yeah, has yeah. like such detail on all the kits and all yeah. the sprues, but also how you can convert whatever you want to be whatever else so yeah of course yeah it's the uh, the chap that runs it he also gives such a a brilliant um resume of the historical period and uh any inaccuracies with the uniform that might you can pass off anyway i mean you know we're not doing it for a museum diorama but for them for the most part the 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 comparison of scales the comparison of you know figures between manufacturers um in a historical background it gives you to a set of uh, a new set of figures that are being launched and it can also tell you um what figures are coming out in the future so if it was going to be doing you know uh, the bashy bazooks or some other kind of uh, realm you go actually do you know what and the nice thing about it also you can look at the um the russian because the russians um in 18 or the russo-turkish war they used um, they copied the American Civil War uniform, um, so you can pick up, you know, um, Russians in summer dress and chuck them into Union or Confederate Army um, because the, the uniforms are virtually identical. Um, so that's, that's the great thing. But it, it, without having that particular um, channel, like the Plastic Soldier Review, you, I'd never have known that. Um, or customers might never have known that. So they go, oh, actually, I could use those for those. And then, before you know it, you've got you know another set of figures. It might be Zwarves, could be you know some other kind of unit that gives you another dynamic on the war games table, which is again you know for, for nine quid a box, forty eight figures is pretty uh, you know pretty good value. Yeah, it, it can be things like I, I know I, I'm looking at it and someone said, oh like yeah, ten cause, like, these figures have all got like boots and putties on and they should be like barefooted, yeah. you know a bit of time with a craft knife and then being overly generous with your basing gravel <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah get yourself like a round one or if you want to you know use this sprue and then cut the legs off of these like barefooted figures and sort of stick just you know, stick new legs on um, yeah yeah and again for when you're looking at like nine quid a box it's it's not out of the realms of possibilities to buy two boxes to build one box because you're then still looking at what 18 quid for 40 odd figures it's yeah that's right and the nice thing and the other good thing is that you if you if if one is supposed to have a, 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 a shoulder strap or something then just to put a piece of white paint down there the eye goes to it and don't you don't see that there isn't a shoulder strap there because you're you're, you're you've told the viewer there's a shoulder strap there and it is and that's you know someone's going to pick them up and you know, study him like they were sort of a you know a, a piece from Savile Row um people don't you you see you see the unit you see the figure um and you can embellish it with paint as well as um a, a slight bit of modeling with the model knife we're taking off then taking off the um the, the musket to make it a, a carbine or something that's something that nature you, you have got the, it gives you the flexibility to be able to 
chop and change units um, fairly freely. Yeah, it's, it's all about that sort of, for me anyway, with my paint style, it's all about like, it's the, what they look like on the table. Yeah. It's not, it's not when you, when you photograph them from six inches away. Yeah, exactly. They always look really shoddy, but you look at them, in, especially in like a gaming club where it's not very brilliantly lit and it's gloomy. And, yeah. you know, everyone's had a couple of shandies, they, they always look <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Uh, I find painting after a couple of shandies is better. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any particular period that you really like to sort of game with? You said there you were, do, you were doing the, the massive Napoleonic games. Is, is Napoleonic primarily yeah, what you play? I, yeah, I think Napoleonic is my is my go to era. Um, I I love you know, all the various different uniforms, the the the, the various confederations, um, the the whole raft of colour um, and competence uh, gives you such a varied choice of um, what you can play with um, and his, his, the history behind it is well so convoluted and um, mixed um, that it just gives you, uh, the rule systems always really work I use my own set of rule systems as well um, which I'm looking to publish later in the year um, which is should be um, was geared for twenty millimeter gaming, but you know, again, like all war systems, they can be um, you know, scaled up or scaled down accordingly. Um, the Polonics is my is my go to, but I've got I do World War Two a hell of a lot and uh, American Civil War. Um, I've got an ancient army. Um, that's as far as it's got, <laughs> but I haven't they haven't been released from the box and and uh, painted as yet. But I've got a, an idea. I'd quite like to do a couple of a, a Roman, a couple of Roman courts or legions and and fight some some dirty Gauls. Um, that's on the list. But yeah, for the for the most part, you know, the three serious eras are American Civil War, uh, Napoleonics, and um, World War Two, which I think is probably the the, the um, the biggest three as well as ancients in in the marketplace really um but again each, each one of those eras has got its own national national characteristics from the russians being stoic and the the french being pompous and the british thinking we, we can never be beaten um and if you build all those into the into the gaming into the gaming systems but but i do i, but I do i do like to sort of build the buildings as well and um make you make some stuff um, for each of the uh, terrain systems I've got. I think that that's something else that uh, like we are in increasingly thinking about, like on, on like both in like the show and in our gaming, is thinking of like terrain as that like third army, because we we play sort of like a lot of English Civil War, sort of like pike and shot style yeah. gaming, and so we, we've sort of been going through a big thing of like making a lot more sort of like period specific terrain, so yeah. all of a sudden. We're not now playing because, like most of the terrain, we like there's sort of like northern European rural terrain is all basically so we can play like World War Two, yeah. France and Normandy and sort of stuff. And you know, the siege of Newark being played around like a, a French chateau does not look <laughs> no. quite as kosher. So you know, we've been doing things like just like strip fields, more different kinds of hedges and that sort of stuff. And it's just it, it it's amazingly how much of a difference it makes to your game table all of a sudden going like well this isn't the like eighth army like you know yeah. fighting in some random swiss 
Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, that's right. It, I think it, it gives you um, when you when you've got the right. I mean, I'm the making some war game I'm doing at the moment. I've got I've got to make some snake fencing, um, which I bought a bag of matchsticks for to to make. Um, but sometimes the thing with terrain um, is the amount of volume of space it takes to store it is always. Uh, you know, and this the, the snake to the snake fencing I'm looking at making. I'm thinking about well, crumbs. That's going to be because um, we're doing uh, in in the end of October we're doing uh, Gettysburg uh, on a 32 foot long table, and I'm thinking I'm going to need some serious amount of matchsticks to do 32 feet. And I'm thinking, well, where am I going to store 32 feet plus worth of uh, snake fencing out of matchsticks? So yeah, it did. But it does make the whole uh, battle table um, come to life when you've got the right, you know, deciduous trees or the right rolling landscape and um, and the right buildings um, as well. Um, and it just sets it sets the tone, I think. Well, yeah, like yesterday, uh, me and seven of my friends, we played like a, a six mil Napoleonic game on like a 12 foot table. But yeah. I, I'd made like metres and metres off hedges and little brick walls so yeah. we we're like like it was all that had like it was all all the roads and stuff like double lined hedges and that's oh, like, okay. it, it, it was the first time i've ever played on like a table of, of my one of my own tables it was like down the club which was like had fully lined hedges and trees and all this also and it just yeah. had it's such, such a difference to the game of all of a sudden everyone who's fighting behind a hedge is actually now fighting behind a hedge and it's oh, yeah yeah it's, they're not just now might hide. They're not now getting like cover saves from a dandelion bush that's you know, <laughs> eight feet away from it. So it just makes sense. Yeah. But, so do you do a? You said last year you did a big Napoleonic game, and this year you're doing Gettysburg. Is that something you sort of do each year? Is it, yeah, is we it? have we have a. Um, apart from when obviously lock the, the infamous lockdown was around, we would have a, a Christmas game every year. Uh, me and the local lads that we the ball game, the club we ball game with. Um, and then I come up with the idea um, whilst walking the dog front. There's, there's a hotel near me. It's an oldie veldie hotel. It's a nice ballroom. And um, I said, how much is it? And they, they come up with an arrangement. It was just before they closed before Christmas. Um, and But we, had, we tried to have a big game, one big game every year. Um, this one was split over the, over the weekends. We all stayed in the hotel, had a few beers and a curry, and then got up and full of morning, carried on playing again. Um it, we like to we like to have a like to have a, a big game um, as much as as long as, as often as possible, um, and that's that normally geared towards World War Two, Napoleonic or, or American Civil War, primarily because the lads have got that sort of stuff. We all bring our own toys, um, and uh, all, all based very sort of similar sort of stuff. And they're based slightly different every now and again, but most for the most part, um, yeah, they're all. They're all based as they would be, um, facing each other. But um, yeah, it's it's a good, it's a, it's a, last year was the inaugural one in the hotel, but we have to do that every year. But the nice thing about it was, um, it was in the in the ballroom of this hotel, and it was obviously a working day life hotel of people that were staying there and going off doing their things. Um, we had such a range of people coming through, we were absolutely amazed at. Uh, there was you know, seven or eight chaps in a ballroom playing a war game, um, and it gathered up such a um, a surprising number of people that were suddenly interested in it. 
and um from all from all walks of life you know, you know husbands and wives and uh, girlfriends and this sort of stuff um and they're all sort of coming down and going oh what is this then we, we give them a background of the battle of Leipzig and what the combatants were and what the french and the russians were doing at one end or the austrians at the other um and lots of people were then saying oh joe so and so would really like this and one of the things we need to do is a, is a hobby is get the new blood coming through because you did you rightly said that you know 40 plus tends to be sort of the the historical realms of um war gamers and if you look around most of the shows you see you know men of a certain age um predominantly um so i think the um you know doing these open forum things where people can come and see look at what what's going on and give them a bit of background information um about a battle about the what we do as growing up men playing with toy soldiers um and what it provides and um it's quite it's quite it, it was quite nice actually really enjoyable well no, I, I think as you said like our, our show is called like hobby support group and yeah. it, it, it's not sort of like an idle take sort of like title that we, we sort of chose because like I, I like fully believe that like the hobby encompasses so many different aspects, as you said, you know, the collecting, the building, the painting, yeah. the, the research and the learning. Like I've never been to a show or even had a game and talked, like looked at an army and thought that looks interesting and talked to the person and being bored. Yeah. Not yeah. gone away. I think like, uh, I was at Joy 6 uh, and like last year and was like, there's a guy with like a big game set up about like the Great Northern War. I couldn't have told you like two things about the Great Northern War before yeah. I there. His enthusiasm for it got me. I came home, ordered books on it. It's yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. I was I was at um, uh, the Devices show attack at Devices last year, and I had my stand there, not in front of the stand. There was a couple of chaps playing a samurai game, um, and he was. Um, Absolutely, you know, enthralling. The actual battle they were playing was really interesting, and I got in between sort of serving people and the lulls that you get in any show. I was chatting to the chaps. Um, one was um, Royal Artillery, um, and one was a Royal uh, Engineer. But the artillery chap, he was called the other chap was calling him a plank, and I said, "Why is he calling you a plank?" And he said, "But my regiment was known as the planks, and which I was unaware of." And I said, well, "Why is that?" Um, and apparently during the um, the Crimean War, this particular um, battery was charged with firing uh, towards the oncoming Russians. But every time the um, the, kind of the artillery fired, the, the, the artillery would roll back. But they put planks behind the wheels so they could roll them back into position quickly enough. And during the course of the battle, um the, the planks broke or they they become unusable so they piled their dead behind the wheels so the so the artillery pieces wouldn't roll back over and they could fire them quicker um and that's how they got their nickname the planks because they well because they placed their dead artillery you know, comrades behind the wheels of the artillery so they could fire the artillery quicker um against the oncoming russians um and you don't pick that up from anywhere other than being involved and being interested in, in in people happy to impart this knowledge that they gather um and i think it's a it's a wonderful wonderful hobby for providing that but also providing people you know it is a game but it does come from a 
from a brutal a history that we've all lived, or not lived, but we've all, you know, we all have fathers and forefathers have had to go through to, to allow us to be able to enjoy just rolling dice. Yeah, uh, completely agree. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, David. It's been You're welcome. Thank you for your time. I really enjoyed that. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Please let us know when you're next putting on a game that people can come and look at. And, you know, I think really I would, to all of our listeners, I would say if you haven't seen, like, some of the 172 figures in the flesh, get down and see them because they are, I, I and this isn't just because David's on the call with me, I can't see myself doing much 28 more stuff these days if, if it's available in 20 because it, it just seems for the, what I want, like that sort of ratio of space it takes to store, space it takes to transport, cost and ease of playing, it's all, they knock them all out. And, and now the, seeing the figures themselves are such nice figures as well because none of us really want to be playing with fugly looking toys. No, no, so, no. So, uh, well, again, thank you very much, David. Thank Been a pleasure. Hopefully see you soon. Yeah, all the best. Take, take care, everyone. All the best. Cheers. Take care. Bye.